The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it again. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday afternoon, currently 3.01 on the East Coast, here to break down the three games in the afternoon schedule for NFL Week 9. And joining me, as usual, to help me break down the games and give you some more winners, hopefully, my main man, Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, they picked the right two guys to do the late games for because we're the only two guys you can stretch three games into about an hour and a half. So looking forward <laughs> to a fun show here. Should be fun. Uh, I know the NFL last week was a bit iffy for me. Had a couple of bad breaks. Unfortunately for the Twitter post, I had the Panthers as my dog, which, oh. uh, yeah, that was a whole separate. You can, you can write a book about that game in itself. But either yeah. way, nice to be back, and hopefully we uh, catch some bets here. Yeah, NFL season's been going along. Uh, it's been going on okay. Not too bad uh, for myself. Uh, had a couple over bets last week. Uh, cashed on the Patriots uh, minus three last week as well. Had the Commanders uh, on the money line as my dog. That one was, a, I think, fairly lucky to get there. But nonetheless, sometimes the ball bounces your way. Um, Thursday night football, we saw the Texans lose yet another game shocker. But they were pretty competitive in that game. They did cover the spread, but the Eagles... The lone standing undefeated team currently sitting at 8-0. and um, Any takeaways from that game, uh, Scott? I know a lot of people were probably watching the World Series, but uh, expected win for the Eagles, but not a big takeaway for me there. It looked a lot like the fact that the Eagles didn't really care at the start yeah. of the game, which we expected, mm-hmm. or at least Terrell and I expected. And then they realized, all right, I guess we got to try. So they ended up trying, and they opened up a double-digit lead, and they held on, and they won by double digits. Didn't cover, though. You know, good teams win, great teams cover. So there you go about the Texans. But still, yeah. I didn't really have many takeaways. We expected Sanders to dominate on the ground, and he did. I know he went over his rushing yards prop. I gave him out for a touchdown. He scored in the first quarter. Uh, besides that, I also gave out Goddard touchdown. I expected him to have a good game. I didn't expect 100 yards, but I expected a touchdown. And the Eagles looked like a team that was playing with its food until they realized they shouldn't be playing with their food as much, and they took over the second half. So no real takeaways there. I'll give the Texans props for showing up mm-hmm. after Cooks was ruled out. You're kind of worried that they would completely just not even show up for the game. Pierce is a really good running back. That was my only takeaway for Houston. As for Philly, just a good overall team, a nice win. They're still undefeated. I got nothing more to add. You? Yeah, not much for me. I mean, look, Damian Pierce is really the offense right now for this uh, Houston Texans team. And, you know, again, another game where he had 100 plus yards on the ground. Just guys, just a monster. I mean, the yards that he gets after contact is just crazy uh, how how physical of a runner he is and how, how difficult it is to bring him down. But yeah, give credit to the Texans. They were competitive for the first half. And then, you know, some mistakes by Davis Mills throwing interceptions and maybe, you know, wide receivers to Titans not being on the same page. But, hey, that's just what the Texans are uh, this season. But, yeah, Eagles now uh, have an extended amount of time off. They all, Their next game is not till Monday night football of week 10. Uh, sorry, week nine uh, where they no, – I'm sorry, week 10 uh, against the uh, Washington Commanders on Monday night football. So um, hopefully they can, you know, continue winning and, and maybe stay undefeated. They're favored by ten and a half, according uh, yeah, to the so, opening one. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like it should be a hopefully another win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, anything else that's kind of stood out to you around the NFL? Um, uh, maybe before we get into the games here. I know we only have three games to talk about. 
They had some injury news. Jonathan Taylor's out again. Yeah. Uh, can't say I'm totally surprised by that. I know he was not practicing for pretty much the entire week. Besides that, really, no. I don't have much more to add. Anything from the trade deadline surprise you? Because I feel like a lot of stuff was just complimentary pieces. The Bears blowing up their team, which wasn't too surprising. And that was kind of it. I was surprised Green Bay didn't trade for a receiver, but Shocker. they hate Aaron Rodgers, so they don't want to give him any <laughs> weapons ever. But, I mean, there were a couple of teams that could have done something. I thought Dallas could have potentially dra- uh, traded for another defensive back that had a couple injuries to that position. Uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Lewis, for example, out for the year. I thought they maybe would try to target somebody. Mostly Green Bay just settling for Dobbs and nobody else because Lazard has a shoulder issue. Yeah. Watkins is always hurt. Cobb's always hurt. I thought they would go for somebody. I also can't believe the Bears traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, but that's a separate story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of it. You have any takeaways from the trade deadline? Because it seemed like a lot of teams looking for depth wide receivers or running backs, and yeah. you had the Bears who gave away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, who were probably the two biggest names involved in trades. Yeah, maybe Bradley Chubb was probably the other oh, one. Chubb, too. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah but he was to... a yeah, he was a for an actual hole. Yeah, for for to Miami. Uh, yeah, but I forgot about we, him. So that, that yeah. was true. Okay. Yeah, I give credit to Miami for what they've been able to flip those uh, Trey Lance picks into what they have now. I think it's, it's Jalen Waddle, it's Tyreek Hill, and now Bradley Chubb on the defensive side of the football for them. But yeah, I think you nailed it there that the Packers again, another trade deadline passes where they don't go out and get another wide receiver for or get a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers in that offense. Um, so you're rolling with Dobbs, you're rolling with an injured Lazard, like you mentioned, and it's relying on Robert Tunyon and then maybe the running game. So he didn't um, end up playing yesterday, but I thought Brandon Cooks made a lot of sense for Green Bay to go sure. after. Yeah, I so. think the asking price may have been too high for the Texans from what I read locally. Uh, but I know Brandon Cooks was frustrated about not being traded to a, a contending team. Um, so is he the to- Eric Gordon of the Texans now? Uh, yeah, I He's think we can younger, say that. But same yeah. idea, though, right? Yeah, same idea. There you go. Um, but yeah, other than that, nothing really much surprised me. I mean, you know, Miami had the draft picks to either keep or trade away, add some more players. They did that. Um, Bears, like you mentioned, the Chase Claypool was a bit of a head scratcher, but they did need to get a wide receiver in there. Hopefully, that they're able to utilize um, Chase Claypool. Um, better than I guess the Steelers and because Steelers always have wide receiver depth. Uh, they always do great in the draft uh, drafting wide receivers, but yeah, trade deadline passes. And uh, here we are in week nine. Uh, so three games, on the schedule for us here, Scott, let's start with the first one. It's going to be NFC West matchup three Oh five, sorry, four Oh five Eastern start between the first place team in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks heading down to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Uh, this line opened up at, let's see here, minus three and a half in favor of the Arizona Cardinals. That number has now been bet down to minus two. I'm currently seeing over on win bet. That's now down to minus one and a half for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, total is sitting at 49 in this game. Money line plus 105 for the Seahawks and minus 125 for the Arizona Cardinals. Quickly looking at the injury reports for both of these teams. Let's start with the road team here, the Seattle Seahawks. I am currently seeing Noah Fount is questionable. He was limited in uh, limited capacity on Thursday with a hamstring issue uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Marquise Goodwin was a non-participant at Thursday's practice as well. Um, other than that, pretty clean injury report. Surprisingly, DK Metcalf did play last week where a lot of people were anticipating that he would miss time. Also, Tyler Locke was out there as well. Uh, for Arizona, on their injury report currently, uh, Buda Baker is questionable. He was a non-participant at Thursday's practice. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, questionable tag for Matt Prater, their kicker, who has a hip issue. And James Conner was also limited in practice for the Arizona Cardinals with a ribs injury. Um, and then earlier news this week, they put Daryl Williams on the IR, who's dealing also with a hip injury. Uh, so he will be missing some significant time for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. But... Uh, Scott, Seattle team that we've kind of been riding over the past, I guess, the past couple of weeks or even further than that since we started this pod. They are a plus one and a half underdog here as a first place team in the NFC West headed to Arizona. What are you thinking about this game? I'm taking Seattle. I mean, I feel like we know where we're going with this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why Arizona's favorite in this game. I get the argument is they got DeAndre Hopkins back. They're at home. Because home 
field advantage matter if you never win at home? Like ever? No. No. When was no. the last time the Cardinals won a home game? Yeah, let me see. It's here. been over a year, hasn't it? It's well, they won that uh Thursday night football game, right? Against the Saints. That was a home game or a road game? It was a home game. Oh, it was. Okay. So congratulations yeah. to them. They won yeah. a home game finally. A few and far between over there. So mm. it doesn't mean anything to me. They're a really bad home team. Uh Seattle won the first game 19 to 9. And I'll say the key number in that game, nine. He scored nine points against Seattle's defense. In fact, he only scored three points against Seattle's defense because you had a defensive touchdown. So right. you have Kingsbury, who is a significantly worse coach than Pete Carroll. It's not even close. Seattle's been the better offensive team. Metcalf is actually healthy. Uh, Kenneth Walker has been a lunatic. He's been really good. And Arizona still isn't a great overall team. So give me Seattle. These games tend to be a little bit weird. They were a lot weirder with Russell Wilson involved in them, I'll be honest. But I do think with Geno looking comfortable behind center with the weapons they have, with the defense slowly but surely coming into form. Seattle's defense has actually been decent the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Give me the Seahawks. I don't think Arizona's a good team. Preseason, I hated this team. And they have lived up to my expectations in a negative way. I'll take Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. We've been riding the Seattle train here. And I think, again, another I can't team quit I feel them. like. Yeah, you can, especially as, a, as an underdog price heading into Arizona, where they just haven't been a very good home team. Uh, they are four and eight since 2021, straight up at home um, in that span. They did get D Hop back, right? The offense looks better with him, obviously, when you get a top five receiver back on your offense. But defensively, this team is just not very good. And that's just pretty much what the case is. Last week, we were able to see the Minnesota Vikings get whatever they wanted on the offensive side of the football, where they put up 34 points against this Arizona Cardinals team. So I think you got to continue riding the team that's in great form here, which is the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith, we've talked about at volumes, who's looked very, very good on this redemption tour with Seattle. You know, there was a lot of question marks when the season or before the season began that why hasn't Seattle traded for a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Baker Mayfield. Well, Pete Carroll liked what he saw from Geno Smith and it's paid dividends here as they're sitting in first place um, in the NFC West. So Drew Lock plus, never stood a chance. Yeah. And plus one and a half price here. I, I like it here. I think that the Seattle offense will get again, whatever they want against the Arizona Cardinals defense. That secondary is just not very good. We talked about that a lot when we were doing the uh, division previews before the season started. I'm expecting another big game out of Geno Smith. And I guess, you know, again, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, those guys should have success against the secondary and they should be able to put up points, um, which kind of goes over the total here. Uh, Scott sitting at 49. I'm leaning towards the over. Cardinals can move the ball, can't stop nobody. They've been able to put up points in the last two weeks. Seattle defense, like you mentioned, has been better over the past couple of weeks. But again, I think they'll be able to move the ball here as well. But it was a lower scoring game in their last matchup, 19 to 9. But what are you thinking about the total? I'm going to lean to the over, mostly because of the fact that this total is insanely high for a rematch where the first game had 28 points. Sure. I mean, they're basically expecting about three and a half more touchdowns in this mm -hmm. game to go over. And the fact that it's this high makes me want to take the over. Because you figured after the first meeting, there'd be a massive overcorrection towards the under. You'd see a total probably mid-40s, maybe low-40s. And the argument is, well, Arizona didn't score an offensive touchdown. And yet, it doesn't matter because this total was in the 50s. Now it's a 49 and a half. No offense to DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think he's worth 24 points to a total. So I think that there's a reason why there has been a high total set for this game. Both offenses should look better. It's in a dome, so weather's not a factor at all. Give me the over. I expect points. Yeah, I uh, agree with you there. Any player props you're looking at in this game? Uh, I am looking for pretty much anything pro Seattle, if I'm being yeah. honest. Also Hopkins, because the the target share that he's gotten has been absolutely absurd, rightfully mm -hmm. so, because he's the best player on their team weapons-wise by far. But I'm looking at the actual yardage here. I see Hopkins at 83.5. I mean, what do you have, 158 last week? Yeah, 158 last week. And I think this first week back, he had 103. So he's been in a, a well over, well, not well over, but he's been above 100 yards in the two games that he's been back. Yeah, I'm not going to take an under on Hopkins. I think I'll have a pretty good game there. I am looking at Kenneth Walker's at 71 and a half. I know he was a little bit underwhelming against the Giants last week, had the touchdown at the end, though, to kind of salvage the day for fantasy purposes. Mm -hmm. I'm probably looking at Walker touchdown. 
I okay. just think that at the end of the day, he has been phenomenal in the red zone. You can find him mostly like minus 120, minus 110 if you shop around. But I do think Walker is really just a great piece for this offense because of his explosiveness. He can take one for a huge carry like he did against the Chargers, or he could even be decent in the red zone like he was against the Giants last week. So I'm looking for Kenneth Walker to have a decent game, or at least to score. He gets every touch in the red zone, doesn't he? He really does, yeah. I mean, he should. Yeah, he should. A couple of ones that I was looking at, uh, Geno Smith, uh, in that game against the Cardinals, sorry, against this, uh, yeah, Cardinals earlier this season, 20 of 31, 197 yards, uh, did rush for, I think it was 20, 48 yards in that game. Let me double check here against the, uh, yeah, 48 yards on the ground for, um, Geno Smith in that game. I, I kind of like his over one and a half passing touchdowns in this game. It's a little bit of big at minus one thirty, but again, like a lot of us has mentioned, you only pay the big when the when you lose the bet. So I kind of like that. I think they should be able to find, you know, either Tyler Lockett or one of the tight ends. Uh, they found success with the tight ends, at least scoring touchdowns. You have DK Metcalf still out there uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. So over one and a half touchdowns for me for Geno. Um, and I 100% agree about the Yonder Hopkins prop. Um, he's been in uh, the, the targets alone in the first two weeks that he's been back for this offense. I think it's been... A 15 or more in each of the games let me double check here um sorry 13 uh last week against the minnesota vikings 12 receptions and that first game back against the saints 14 targets 10 receptions so either you can look at the yardage you can look at receptions because again kyler's and him have that chemistry from last season and it looks like you know the targets are right back up there for a guy like deandre hopkins as well as they should be um anything else uh as far as player props or anything for this game scott Maybe Kyler in reception. I know he's okay. been a little bit loose with the football lately. And if we're expecting Seattle to win, that means Arizona is going to have to attempt a decent amount of passes. I'm not sure if James Conner is going to be back in this game. I believe he will be. So they should be able to run the ball a little bit better than they have in the past. No offense to Eno Benjamin, but I do think that Conner is the better running back. I do think, though, if you're looking at for decent prices, Kyler in reception is probably worth something. You're looking at yeah. interception right now at around minus 120. Okay. I think it's a very good price uh, just to go through Kyler's last couple of games. I said before, he's been loose with the football to be specific. He has six interceptions on the season and to go through the last few games here, he had two interceptions against Minnesota. He had zero against the saints, one against Seattle, one against Philly, one against Carolina. So he's thrown at least one reception in four of the last five games. And it's minus minus one twenty. He threw one against the same Seattle team a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I think that should be higher. I'll take the minus minus one twenty. Love that. All right, before we get over to the next game of the afternoon on this NFL Week 9 schedule, let me tell you guys where you can bet on all these games and props. That's over at WinBet. If you're ready to win money and you're ready to boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and part and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted same-game parlays, live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, a bet 100 to win 100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers of to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And the Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you a chance to win your choice of jersey of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or an autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free to enter. All you have to do is subscribe to youtube.com slash podcast. Number two, comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. And three, turn your notifications on so you don't miss out when SGP is contacting you when they pull out the winner. Winner will be announced on Sunday's, this Sunday's recap show. All right, Scott, uh, next game on the board. It's going to be a rematch of last year's playoff game between the Los Angeles Rams in Tampa Bay. 
to take on uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It's going to be a 425 Eastern start. Um, currently looking at the lines for this game. This number opened up. Uh, let me see here. Uh, just went out in front of me, but I'll try to get that opening number. Oh, here we go. Uh, that number opened up minus one and a half in the favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Currently over on win bet, that number is up to minus two and a half in favors of in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, total is at 42 and a half and the money line minus 150 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and plus 125 on the money line for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, let's take a look at the injury report for both of these teams. Let's start with the Los Angeles Rams here. And for the Rams, I am currently seeing, uh, give me one second here. Um, yeah, Ernest Jones, linebacker, uh, did not practice on Thursday. He is officially questionable with an illness. Uh, Van Jefferson was limited in practice on Thursday. You know, he's back from the knee injury. He's also listed as questionable. Cooper Cub is uh, on the injury report. He's questionable with an ankle issue, but he did practice in a limited basis on Thursday. But the man's a warrior. He's going to be out there uh, for the Rams on Sunday against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Looking at the injury report for Tampa Bay. Um, let's see here. Antonio uh, Winfield, sorry, Antoine Winfield Jr. Safety concussion. He's been ruled officially out for week nine against the Rams. Cameron Braid continues to be out with a neck issue. Uh, Russell Gage is also out with a hamstring issue for Sunday. Mike Evans is questionable, but he did practice in a limited fashion on Thursday. Uh, and we know Shaquille Barrett has been put on the IR with an uh, ink, uh, sorry, Achilles injury for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But a rematch of last year's playoff game where the Los Angeles Rams were able to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Currently sitting at minus two and a half in this game here, Scott, as the home favorite. What are you thinking about this game between uh, Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady? Oh, you're on mute. Sorry, my bad. Uh, I'm muted during the ad read. Sorry about that. So um, I'm going to go with Tampa. Both teams aren't very good, but I like the spot for the Buccaneers. At the end of the day, you're looking at a spot where the Buccaneers played on Thursday night against the Ravens. They had extra prep time for this game. Yeah, The Rams, I tried to back last week solely because of spot. I know this team isn't very good. However, your season's on the brink. You had a bye leading up to a division rival at home. I know Niners fans show up in flocks to your actual stadium and it's actually a home disadvantage, but still, it's a game the Rams really needed to compete in, and they mm -hmm. did for a half. Then they got smacked. They got outscored 21-0 in the second half. Uh, they couldn't move the ball. They had less than 300 yards of offense again. What else is new? Uh, they can't run the ball to save their lives. They're averaging 68.4 rushing yards per game. They are a travesty offensively. No other way around it. Uh, 223 yards of offense against an injured Niners defense. The Buccaneers might not be a great team, but at least they have weapons. They have several options offensively that they could use. Godwin's been pretty good. Evans has been pretty good. Fournette's been good in the backfield. They got some pieces. The Rams have nothing besides Cooper Cup. Yeah. They have absolutely nothing. Allen Robinson's been a very bad signing so far. Skaronic's arguably their second best wide receiver. Van Jefferson might play, might not play. We don't know if he's on a pitch count or not. We'll see what happens there. I got to go with the Bucs here. It's a spot where they have extra prep time. Mm -hmm. And they look more competent offensively. And they had a shot to beat Baltimore in that game. Didn't work out in the second half, especially. Yeah. But the issue with this Tampa team right now, they can't stop the run, which sounds extremely crazy because they were always a lead against the run. But this year, that yeah. has not been the case. Mm -hmm. The Rams can't run the ball. They don't have an official starting running back. They don't know what they're doing. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers because I like them at home with extra prep time against an offense that's fundamentally broken. Even the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think that's exactly just what it is right now. It's a great situational spot for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are officially in a division race with the Atlanta Falcons. So um, both teams are currently sitting at three and five. Um, you know, Tampa, you have Tom Brady, obviously, right? And, and I know the, the wide receiving group has been dealing with injuries almost every single week between Mike Evans, between Chris Godwin, Russell Gage is out for this game, but there's enough, I think, offensively 
enough weapons. And obviously I trust Tom Brady a hell of a lot more than Matthew Stafford right now. And just looking at these teams, like you mentioned offensively that it's Cooper cup for the Los Angeles Rams. And it's who's going to be that guy for them. The, that in a, in a week, that's going to step up. It's always a question mark, right? And Versus, Cup's banged up as well. He's not even, yeah, he has an ankle issue, right? So at least for Tampa, you know what you're going to get out of Mike Evans. You know what you're going to get out of Chris Godwin. You know Tom Brady is always going to be fired up, and all all he has right now to do is play football. Like you mentioned, the backfield as well. Leonard Fournette, he had a great game last week. I think he should continue that this week as well. So there's enough weapons offensively for um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game, and I think this this number is a little short at minus 2.5. And, uh, and I do like the Bucs here. Like you mentioned, it's just a good spot for them on having that extra rest coming off of that Thursday night football game. I really like backing Tom Brady after coming off of a loss. I know this season uh, there's been multiple losses where people have probably tried to chase that, but I think just situationally looking at the spot, like you mentioned, coming off of that Thursday night football game, I do like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here as well at minus two and a half. Uh, thoughts on the total here? Uh, rightfully so, maybe a little lower total here at 42 and a half here, Scott, but uh, leaning either way on this total? I'm not taking the over with the Rams. No. They can't score. Right. I I mean, I think that Tampa offensively could move the ball. The Rams secondary is okay. Still got Jalen Ramsey, who might fare well against Mike Evans. might go horribly. We're not sure yet. But mm-hmm. I have questions about both quarterbacks. Brady has looked good at times, but the offensive lines are really not that good. Both defensive lines are good. So I expect to see both quarterbacks being pressured a lot in this game. I'm on the under. I'm not sure the Rams score more than 17 points in this game. And that might just you know, not be enough to actually send the game over. I'm going to go with the under the Rams offense is just really bad. And the Buccaneers offense is better by comparison. Still not very good. So I'm going to go with the under trying to find a team total on uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Cause I still, they can, they can move the football. It's just, they've had some trouble in the red zone. Um, Let me see if I can dig that. I have it. Hang on a second. Uh, Buccaneers are 22 and a half. Minus okay. 110 on each side. Rams are 19 and a half, juice to the over at minus 120. Under 19 mm-hmm. and a half is even money. Yeah. I'd probably like that under on the Rams better than that 22 and a half. But look, the Rams have given up some points uh, in against teams that in, – in games that they've lost. So they gave up 31 in the opening night against the Bills. They gave up 22 to Cooper Rush and the – Dallas Cowboys, and then there was a last week there was a defensive touchdown in there, but still, yeah. And then last week against the uh, 49ers, they gave up 31, um, and that was without um, Debo Samuel. But obviously, yeah, Christian McCaffrey he threw threw for a touchdown, uh, uh, caught a touchdown, and rushed for a touchdown. But I think, yeah, I, I, if I gun to my head, I'd probably lean towards the under as well. This might be one of those games where we saw between like the Packers and the Buccaneers earlier this season, where it was like. 14 to like 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm thinking maybe like 20 to 13 final type of score here uh, between these two teams. But I think the more uh, favorite play is definitely the side at minus two and a half currently over on win bet uh, between these two teams. Uh, player props you may be looking at. I don't know if we need to mention it again or not, but you already know what the auto bet should be in this game. It's minus 105. <laughs> what are we do? What are we doing here? It's. I, I know we didn't have one last week. I was shocked. I thought the Niners would have one against him, but yeah, he's still thrown an interception in three of the last four games. So each of the last three weeks before last week, he's thrown at least one interception in five of the first seven games this season, dating back to last year. He's thrown a bunch of interceptions as well. Minus one hundred five, and Tampa's secondary is still not bad. Like it's not a bad secondary by any means. The issue is the run defense right now. But Cup's banged up, and their other receivers aren't good. And if Stafford's going to throw the ball 30-something-plus times, the math kind of checks out. I think he'll throw an interception. So minus 105 is a joke. Yeah. Um, I think what's also is you mentioned that they're not going to really have someone to run the football here. Like no. We don't know who the starter is going to be. So I kind of like Matthew Stafford having to throw the football here. His pass attempts currently sitting at 35 and a half. And even if they are trailing in this game, he's going to have to throw the football. Now, I don't know who he's going to throw the football to. Right? We talked about Cooper Cup, uh, Tyler Higby. Higby a little bit, even though game. he had a brutal drop in that Niners game, but still. Yeah. 
Um, so I think he's going to have to throw the football here a little bit um, against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense because we just don't know who's going to be running the football for um, the Los Angeles Rams. I'm trying to see how many pass attempts he's had uh, over the course of the season so far. So I have it um, in front of me. Uh, he's attempted at least 33 pass attempts in uh, – they played seven games, right? So okay. he's attempted at least 33 in six of the first seven games. He has 258 pass attempts this season. So 258 divided by seven. He's averaging about 36.8 pass attempts per game. Yeah, and this number's at 35 and a half. So, um, yeah, I mean, slightly leading to the over here. but And there's an outlier in there because against Arizona, a couple of – I think that was week three. He only attempted 25 because they were just dominating the game from start to finish and they ran the ball well. So they have one outlier. Every other game he's had 33 or more. And if we expect Tampa to win, which we do, that means he should be throwing it a lot in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I I don't see Cooper Cup uh, player props out yet, but um, maybe I think that's the only way you could probably look as far as maybe skill position player props for uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Anything else for this game, Scott, before we get over to the Sunday night football game? I think the Rams are going to miss the playoffs. I don't exactly know what the odds are for that. I got to pull that up. It doesn't have to do with this game. It's more about the team in general. But I try to look for teams that had high expectations that have quickly crumbled I mentioned on the NBA podcast today, I bet the Nets to miss the playoffs at plus 260, which is an absurd line. I don't know how it's still plus 260. But I do think the Rams, from what I've seen so far this season, I'm going to ask you, like, how can this team, since the trade deadline passed, how can this team right the ship? Because offensively, they're awful. Uh, it's going to be very difficult. I think the only path for them to get into the playoffs is winning that division by the way right minus, now, the the no is minus 190 so the ship's completely sailed on that but i don't see a path to make the playoffs really yeah i i don't either um i'm trying to pull up their remaining strength of schedule here and their division but, has been underwhelming compared to preseason expectations but arizona is still competitive at three and five they're not good but they're competitive the niners yeah. have gotten really good and seattle's good so there's no free wins in that division they're really, I mean, if you even take a look at their remaining schedule, right? They still have the Chiefs. They still pay the Seahawks twice. They have the Chargers in there. Um, Packers on got, the road. Packers yeah. aren't good, but it's in Lambeau in the yeah. middle of the center. Cardinals. I mean, Do they go to? Uh, is that to uh, New Orleans or is that a home game for them? That, that's on the road against New Orleans. Yeah. So I mean, that's always a tough environment to go to, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I might just want ninety. Obviously, the book has caught up to that, so I don't think that. They will make the playoffs. I think that, you know, I know it's we're halfway through the season here, but sitting at three and five, that doesn't help. Especially, but I think in it's, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning because even though if the odds aren't there, the value is not there to miss the playoffs, the point is the Rams still have the reputation and they have the aura about them of, of being the defending Super Bowl champions. So right. they might be getting a bit too much respect in the marketplace because they'll figure out a way. They won the Super Bowl last year, they'll figure it out. They're not going to figure it out. The team's not yeah. very good. Yeah. Like, like the first step is admitting it. This team's bad. Yeah. All right. Let's get over to the Sunday night football game. That's going to be between the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs, both teams which are sitting at currently five and two on the season. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, this number opened up at, uh, let's see here. Um, Minus 10 and a half was the opening number for the Kansas City Chiefs. That number is now all the way up to 12 and a half for the Kansas City Chiefs. Total is sitting at 46. Um, money line minus 625 for the Kansas City Chiefs and plus 450 for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, taking a look at the injury reports for both of these teams. Let's start with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, for the Titans this week, we are seeing Ryan Tannehill officially questionable. He's still dealing with an ankle injury. He was a limited participant at practice on Friday. Uh, Amani Hooker safety is officially been ruled out for the Sunday game against the Chiefs. Um, and that is pretty much it. Uh, Jeffrey, sorry, so Jeffrey uh, Simons defensive tackle didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, don't see an updated number for or updated status for him. So those are the significant injuries for the Tennessee Titans. Going over to the Kansas City Chiefs side. Um, Jody Fortson tight end has been ruled out for Sunday night's matchup. We know Blake Bell has been put on the injured reserve. 
Um, and that is pretty much it. So pretty healthy squad for the Kansas City Chiefs here. They are coming off of a bye. Um, and we know the story when you, um, Andy Reid has extra time to prep for a team coming off of a bye. Big number here, Scott. Minus 12 and a half uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs at home on Sunday night football. What are you thinking about this spread? So on one hand, we just saw the Packers cover a big number against the Bills. They had no business covering because mm -hmm. the Bills lost interest at halftime. We saw the Texans cover a big number against the Eagles because the Eagles didn't care about the game either. I think Kansas City is going to care about this game because it's the classic Andy Reid off a bye spot. And that has been a moneymaker for a long time, even dating back to his tenure with the Eagles. Uh, but if you want to know more about that, ask Sean. I'm sure I'll have to talk to you about it. But either way, I do think that you're going to end up seeing the Chiefs a little comfortable here for a decent amount of this game. We're assuming Tannehill is going to play. I don't know if he's going to play the entire game, but he'll play, which is definitely a nice boost because Willis was, let's just say, not ready. Yeah. He looked awful last week. There's yeah. really no other way around it. But I think that there's an argument to be made about Tennessee if you think Derrick Henry can go for another like 150 plus yards and two touchdowns and just dominate the line of scrimmage. I still don't like the Titans defensively. I know they've been better lately. They killed my Davis Mills passing yards prop because Mills was terrible last week, but still. I do think Mahomes found something, mostly chemistry, with uh, Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, in that Niners game. And he looked very comfortable after that interception in the first quarter. They scored 40-something points. I'm going to lean Kansas City. I don't feel okay. great about it. I'm assuming most people will probably, most sharp money will probably be on Tennessee because it's a double-digit dog. They've done well recently. I really just think the Chiefs are going to show up like in a classic read post-bye week game. And just smack the crap out of them. I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. Give me the Chiefs to win this game 31-14. Yeah, uh, I think we finally had a disagreement. I'm going to go with the Titans here. I know the narrative has been about Andy I don't Reed feel coming. great about it, but... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I dated this back since um, Andy Reid was hired as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's crazy to think that this is already his 10th year as the head coach of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But... Um, since 2013, after a bye, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are only, let's see here, I just had it in front of me, seven and six against the spread. And if you want to go down to the Mahomes era, I think that's been since 2018, I believe we became the full time starter. They're only four and three um, against the spread after a bye. Still profitable, obviously at 57%. But I think that you're, I think what you just said there, Scott, that if Derrick Henry is able to get established in this game against this rush defense, um, that's where the key might be for Mike Vrabel is, hey, let's try to run the football here and keep Mahomes and the offense off the field. Now, I think another area that I will be looking out for in this game is that, that front seven, that defensive line against this uh, offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that if they're able to generate some pressure and make Mahomes uncomfortable and kind of rattle him and and you know make him uncomfortable, like I said, I think that there that may be an advantage for the t uh, Tennessee Titans. But yeah, those are the kind of two two key things I'm looking at. And again, it's a it's a prime time game. You know when when the public is going to see oh we got Patrick Mahomes the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think it matters what the number is going to be for them. They're probably just going to lay the points there for uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs in that game. And like you mentioned, that the sharp money is probably going to be on uh, the Tennessee Titans as a double-digit uh, underdog in this game. So I'll, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans here. I think that's going to be a game, obviously, that the team is going to get up for up against the best team, one of the best teams, or, uh, yeah, one of the best teams in the AFC. Um and again, it's almost feels like it's the same narrative last week that Tennessee was just kind of, or last season, but they're kind of flying just under the radar and they found themselves as a number one seed in the AFC last season. Now I know Buffalo's at a whole nother level right now. And so is Kansas City. They're picking up that chemistry, uh, but you know, they just find ways to win games. I'm not saying they're going to go out and win this game. But I think they can stay within this number. Maybe it's a 10 point victory here for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs here. So I'm going to lean with the Titans here. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Scott? Certainly sitting at 46. Seems like a pretty sharp number here at 46. I said I thought the game would end 31-14, so it's pretty okay. close in general. <laughs> I'm going to lean to the under. 
it's really tough because if I'm picking the Chiefs, does that mean I'm obligated to take the over, or does that mean I got to? I actually think they can cash with the under because I think the Chiefs are going to get theirs. Okay. I just think that they're going to be able to exploit this Titans secondary. The pass rush isn't great either. Derrick Henry, I know the idea is to keep them off the field, but I'm kind of expecting the Chiefs to do a better job at limiting the damage against Henry than most people expect. Sure, Tano might also have a couple of dumb interceptions, which is not exactly surprising. But yeah, I'm going to lean under. Give me a 31-14 game. As the okay. score I mentioned randomly, it's close enough to the total where I think it's a sharp number, as you said before. I'm going to lean under, but I'm not going to bet the total. I think this is num- I think this number is where it should be. Yeah. Kansas City, shockingly, is, uh, I didn't even realize, the third best team as far as rush opponent rushing yards per game. They're only giving up 92 on the season. But over the last three games, they've allowed, uh, let's see, 127. And then opponent's yards per rush attempt, Kansas City is number seven in the entire league where they've only allowed 4.2. But over the last three weeks, they've given up a 5.0, which drops them uh, below league average. So something maybe to keep in mind. for It's, uh, it's, it's, it's extremely misleading, and it's going to yeah. go against my point uh, with the taking the Chiefs. But they're only good against the run because they're so bad against the pass. The Chiefs yeah. are allowing 277 passing yards per game, which is the third most in the league. So if you're giving up a ton of yards through the air, then why would you run the ball? But we even saw in that Bills game, Singletary torched them yeah. for the entire first half. He had basically mm-hmm. like 80-something yards in the first half. And I do think if you want to look for a better way of judging the Chiefs' overall run defense, the Chiefs currently rank uh, – let me pull this up here. Uh, they rank 18th in opponent yards per carry. Yeah. They're not a great rush defense. They're just so bad against the pass that nobody bothers to run it. Tennessee's going to run the ball no matter what. So, yeah, uh, and even against the Raiders in Week Five, um, Jacobs killed them. Yeah, twenty-one for one hundred and fifty-four yards on the ground for him. Like you mentioned, Singletary seventeen carries, eighty-five yards, and even uh, you know Jeff Wilson seven carries, fifty-four yards, and Christian McCaffrey in his first game against uh, or with the San Francisco 49ers, eight attempts, thirty-eight yards, four point seven five per carry. So now you have King Henry coming to town, fresh off of a two another 200 plus yard uh game against the Texans but what else is new uh I player think, props I think, you, I think you talked me into it actually I'm going to take the over okay. give me a 30 give me a 34 20 game because you we just went through the rushing numbers Tennessee I think actually can score in this game and Kansas City should get theirs too so I'm actually yeah. going to link to the over okay uh any player props we're looking at in this game Scott uh, even though I have the Chiefs, Derrick Henry, uh, not yeah. going to go against it. I feel like he's going to have a good game because Kansas City is not good against the run. Uh, I do think you're going to end up seeing the Titans, whether or not the game goes in their favor or not, they're not going to abandon the run. We've seen this movie before. Saw in the AFC title game a couple of years ago. Doesn't matter what the score is. Derrick Henry's going to probably end up with 25 plus touches. Can we agree on that? Yeah, 100%. I think he needs to. Yeah. Uh, his yardage is 86 and a half all day, every day. I think mm-hmm. he'll probably go for a hundo by volume alone. If he ends up with 25 carries or 20 carries, he'll end up with a hundred plus yards. It's just going to happen. So I like the volume on Henry. I don't mind Mahomes passing touchdowns. I think he could potentially go for four here. It wouldn't surprise me. I think three is definitely a reasonable number for him, but we saw Valdez Scanlon look good. Even Hardman's look good in the last couple of weeks. And it took him mm-hmm. about seven years to look good in back-to-back <laughs> weeks. I just think that the weapons have started to blend well with Mahomes and with the offense. Mahomes passing touchdowns, probably two and a half. Yeah, two and a half plus 110. I like it. I think I'll probably go for more than that. I'll go with the over there. You? Wait, yeah. Um, yeah, passing I like yards, it. You know, passing whatever. yards. I wanted to ask you about his interception prop for Patrick Mahomes. He's thrown at least one over the four out of the five uh, past weeks. I know they've been against some, I guess, better defenses, we can say. Uh, he had one against the Niners, two against the Bills. Uh, didn't throw one against the Raiders, but he did have one against the Buccaneers and the Colts. Um, What's the price on the interception? I just thought it was at plus money here. Let me see. Uh, plus 110. I don't hate it for the volume because we're expecting him to throw it a lot because Kansas City isn't a great running team anyway. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot better about the plus money for Rodgers on Sunday night, which cashed at like plus 140 yeah. because I wanted a quarterback with very positive game flow to pass attempts. I think the Chiefs are going to win. So I think I'm yeah. going to stay away from that because I do think the Chiefs should be running it, trying to ice the game late. I knew Rodgers would be behind double digits and they'd have to chuck it around the parking lot the entire fourth quarter. And that's what happened. So yeah. I'm going to stay away from that Mahomes prop. I don't hate it at plus money for the yeah. recent results, 
but I do think game flow will be negative towards that problem. I will say this. The Titans have uh, intercepted every quarterback so far this season, except for one, which was uh, the arguably maybe the better quarterback in this uh, league, Josh Allen, uh, where he did throw four touchdowns in that game against the Titans. But every other quarterback uh, from Daniel Jones to Derek Carr, uh, Matt Ryan, Davis Mills, and uh, Carson Wentz. So obviously not nearly anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes level, except for Josh Allen, but something uh, maybe to make a note of at least. All right. um, Anything else for this game, Scott? No, not really. I think that's kind of kind of going to wrap it up. I thought about maybe taking a longest completion for Mahomes, which I don't mind, mm-hmm. but it's kind of similar to the passing yards, and I just expect Mahomes to go nuts. It's the classic public handicap. If they're going to win or if they're going to keep it close, then Henry's going to play very well. Mm-hmm. And if the Chiefs win and score a bunch of points, Mahomes will go nuts. So yeah. I'm expecting both of them to happen. Uh, do you want to make a case for Tannehill interception, or you don't want to bother? Uh, you can. Um... I don't. That number is probably going to be juice. Like at minus one, what thirty, minus one forty. If he does go, I mean, if he's practicing in a limited capacity on a Friday, I think that he should be able to go in this game. But I just don't see that number posted yet. Yeah, there's no lineup yet. I was kind of just wondering. Assuming he gets the green light, it might be minus one fifty or something. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the game flow will be in favor of that in the sec in the actual fourth quarter or second half in general. So that's kind of how I'd look at it for fading Tannehill or any of the Tennessee quarterbacks, but I see Henry and Mahomes being just solid as they usually are. Yeah. All right. Let's get into best bets for, uh, sorry, lock and dog for uh, this NFL week nine afternoon games, only three to pick from. So, but we'll still get you uh, guys some picks here. We'll start with our locks here. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off with your lock for this uh, NFL week nine afternoon games? So I was torn. It was the same game. The question was, am I torn? I was torn between if I should take a player prop or an actual side. I'm going to go with the side. As much as I love Stafford interception of minus 105, that's a bonus lock there. That You have to take that on principle. Yeah. It's going to be the Buccaneers, minus two okay. and a half at home. Yeah, I like the spot too much. It's a Thursday night uh, game that they're, you know, that they just came off of. They have extra prep time. The Rams are an awful football team. Off a bye, you get blown out by 17 at home. It's a serious red flag. And the fact that they can't run the ball, Cup's now hurt, who was really the only consistently solid piece of that offense, and now he might be at 80%, et cetera. Tampa, I do think, even though they lost to Baltimore, they had moments. They could move the ball. Brady was able to find some receivers there with Godwin, with Evans, et cetera. I do think that the Rams are in a world of hurt moving forward. Give me the Buccaneers at home after a long extra couple days of prep. I like it. Um, all right. For my lock, I'm going to go with a player prop. And uh, are, you ta- are you taking the Stafford? No, I'm not going to take Stafford. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take D hop. I think that we kind of went through the numbers there for him to have the amount of targets that he's had uh, in the two games that he's been back since that suspension. I think that speaks volumes to me, right? That either that, Kyler Murray and him just have that rapport and that chemistry where he's going to force the the entire game. Yeah. And I think that again, you could either take over on his receptions, which is at six and a half at minus one thirty five, or his yardage, which is at, um, 83 and a half. I like both. Uh, I'll go with the receptions at over six and a half. He's been double digits in both of the games that he's been back so far. Uh, for the uh, Arizona Cardinals offense there. Just want to make sure he's been at uh, double digits because, yeah, he has. Um, So I'll take over six and a half on DeAndre Hopkins as my lock, uh, six and a half receptions uh, as my lock for this Sunday's game against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Let's get into our dog here. I think we'll probably have the same one here, Scott, but why don't you just let the people know what it is. So my dog is going to be on the Seahawks because, duh, Uh, I can't go against Geno Smith. He has been a money-making machine along with the rest of the team up to this point. And Arizona, we agree, they should get a new head coach by the end of the year. Kingsbury's not cutting it. Defensively, they were good for a couple weeks there. Then they fell off a cliff after the bye week, apparently, because Cousins and Cook and everyone torched them last week for 34 points. Give me Seattle. They're the more consistent team. They're the more well-rounded team. And they're in better form. Give me Seattle. 
Yeah, I'm there right there with you. Seattle, um, they're first place for a reason. Look, this yeah. team has looked good. They've shocked everybody. They've, they shocked me. I think we were all down on this team. Their win total, though, which was said by the bookmakers, were, I think indicative of that. But um, I like what I've seen. Geno Smith looked great. You mentioned Kenneth Walker. He's looked great. Uh, TK Metcalf could have easily missed last week with that knee injury, but he came out and played, and they won that game against the New York Giants. Uh, Tyler Lockett, same thing as well. And the defense, like you mentioned as well, what I've noticed as well, has looked better over the past couple of weeks. So all the good mojo. I don't, I can't bet on Cliff Kinsbury, despite me doing it against the Saints in that game, where they were fortunate when they had two pick sixes in that game. But, um, and again, like we talked about, they're just not a very good home team uh, over the past couple of seasons here. So I'm agree with there. The, our dogs are going to be the Seattle Seahawks on the money line, currently sitting at plus 105 on the, on, sorry, over on win bet. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast, the afternoon games. Only three games to get to, but leave it to Scott and I to go about 50 minutes here uh, on those three games. But Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest, buddy, before we get out of here, my man? No, it's been a long week with podcasts. Looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> a lot of sports that are going on. College basketball starts up on Monday. I'm not yeah. on the show, but I know that the College Experience does a great job covering college basketball, so check out their podcast as well. You can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio, uh, doing NFL Gambling Podcast, NBA Gambling Podcast, Tennis Gambling Podcast. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. I know you are going to be a bit nervous over the weekend because you have two shots to win one game for a title. How do you feel? I think they get it done tomorrow night. I agree. On Saturday night. I think Framber Valdez has looked incredible for the Astros. Uh, Wheeler's a bit banged up as well. Yeah, and I think he's starting that – from what I've read and from what I'm working from Philly's fans that they're serious concern that he does like the arm fatigue is there for him. So I think the Astros will be able to get to him early in that game. And, and, um, Framber's at least able to go at least six or seven. And then the bullpen comes in and takes care of business. So they, well, can... there's only, there's one guy that you don't want to face in game seven and it's Ranger Suarez. So you yes. got to win in game six, right? Yeah. The unsung hero for unsung the Philadelphia pitching staff. But yeah, uh, hopefully, yeah, the Astros get it done on Saturday. They're able to hoist the uh, World Series title at home at Minute Maid Park. Uh, yeah, like uh, Scott said, make sure to get over to the college basketball experience. College uh, basketball, I'm sorry, kicks off on Monday. Uh, NBA Gambling Podcast. We're doing great with our picks. So check us out Monday to Friday. Uh, sorry, yeah, Monday to Friday as well. Crushing it over there. And uh, just all the stuff that's happening on Sports Gambling Podcast. Just go to the website or download the app. And uh, it's all right there at your fingertips. All right. We'll be back next week as usual. Me and Rod will be doing the Sunday player props as well. So look out for that uh, episode as well. Till then, guys, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride.